You need to accumulate generational wealth just as quickly as you make it, you can lose it. That has a lot to do with how much you can accomplish in life because you can either look at a, at a glass half empty or half full, right? Depending who's pouring the water. I look at myself and I look at my brain, my mind, whatever you want to call it, as a computer. Every so often I have to delete I have to download and then I have to upload with new information. That is the beginning of the magic to success. Been a labor of love. It's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of sacrifice. There's been a few moments that I wanted to cry to give up, but I know that the mission is always stronger than any challenge that we can face. What's up, Disrupt Nation? My name is Tony Nogato, and welcome to the Disrupt Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to be talking to the top influencers, creators, movers, and shakers who are on a mission to change the world. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button. If you're on iTunes or Spotify, make sure to rate the show five stars. It helps out the show more than you know. Now let's get into it. What's up, what's up, Disrupt Nation? I'm here with my good friend, Peter Oestevez, my friend. Good Tony, to see Tony, you. Tony, Tony, good to see you. Thank you for having me at your space today. Yeah, thank Looking you for, to our for conversation. flying in, yeah. So for people who don't know you, uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background before we dive into AI. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Peter Oestevez. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an author. I'm an international speaker. Uh, and I also have a movement called Excelente that uh, it, is, uh, it is a movement to inspire, educate, transform, and empower the Latino community. And we do that through a series of venues, uh, a traveling series of venues that we take across the United States. Our mission is to visit every single major city in every state across the United States. Uh, and our, our venues, is uh, that particular program is called Latin Talks, and it's a series of talks and conversations where local Latin leaders share the answers and solutions to challenges and experiences they once they they once faced. So it's, it's a it's a community empowerment project. It's a it's a life legacy project. It's a passion project that I'm very proud of. And you know, as as yeah, no, you you've come a long way. I remember when we first met. We met maybe about five, four or five years ago now, and you know, it was just sort of an idea. And so we were talking about it on the phone and then he's like, okay, let's have lunch tomorrow. I was like, do you live in Puerto Rico? He's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll be there tomorrow though. And you freaking <laughs> hopped on a plane and, uh, and we did like a mastermind at, over at the Vanderbilt hotel. Um, and so I've seen you take it from sort of this idea phase now to, you know, multiple cities all around the country and, and media coverage and a huge impact on, on all these people. So, um, Congratulations and hats off for doing all thank that. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's, 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 it's been a labor of love. It's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of <laughs> sacrifice. There's been a few moments that I wanted to cry and give up, but I know that the mission is always stronger than any challenge that we, we can face. Definitely, definitely. So before you got into, like, this is kind of a, a philanthropic thing that you're doing. Before you, before you um, got so philanthropic how'd you get so rich that you are able to become so philanthropic let's talk about well let's talk about before you where you started were you born with money or with a silver spoon in your mouth and you inherited it or where did it come from absolutely not absolutely not i am actually the epiphany of what you call the american dream i'm one of 13 children uh we migrated to the to the united states when i was uh, 10 years old with my Six brothers and six sisters, plus mom and dad. There was 15 of us. We lived in a two-bedroom, one-bath frame home, less than 900 square feet. The boys would sleep in the living room in sleeping bags, and the girls would sleep in their own bedroom. Uh, 
So I, uh, very early on, what I felt that I needed to do in order to escape poverty was to pursue the almighty dollar, right? Mm -hmm. I need, I knew that, that if I wanted, I thought, I believed at the time that if I achieved financial success, all of my problems were going to go away. Right? <laughs> I was going to be just perfect. perfect. I was going to be That's perfect. It. Well, I was uh, fortunate enough to achieve massive financial success. I built one of the largest uh, real estate development and construction companies in South Texas. And I exited that business in 1999, many, many years ago. Uh, very, very well. We sold to a national franchise company. And I was at the age of 39, 40 years old. I was pretty much uh, laying back, not mm -hmm. doing much of anything. I had a few startups from there, and then I was very fortunate in 2012 when the Mexican uh, government, under the presidency of uh, President uh, Enrique Peña Nieto, privatized the oil and gas industry. And I was one of the uh, early adopters. Yeah, okay? like pioneers. I was right? one of the yeah. pioneers that went down there, set up shop, set up an office, a company called Egomex that grew into being one of the largest consulting uh, companies for uh, Canadians, American and Mexican companies of its time. Uh, we grew it. We were very fortunate. And today I still in that space in the energy, gas and oil sector. We own the only privately owned refinery in the country of Mexico. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And so, so how did you, um, I guess, navigate from the world of like real estate into the world of oil and energy, right? It just seems like from, from sleeping on the, the, the floor in the living room, right? In the bunk beds, uh, in the sleeping bags, right? Um, and what kind of, maybe talk about your mindset shifts at these different pinnacle points in your life. You know, I, uh, my parents, my father had a third grade education and mother had a sixth grade education. Mom was 15, that was 18 when they got married. So they were literally children raising children. You know, there was a lot of poverty, dysfunction, and literacy at home. So statistically, I was destined to repeat that cycle, okay? I was destined to be illiterate. Mm. But I also saw other qualities in my parents. My father was a hard worker. He was an incredibly resourceful man. And mother had an incredible uncanny faith. So I think when you think that combination of hardworking, resourcefulness, and having a lot of faith, when you apply them together, that is the beginning of the magic to success. Time out, time out, time out. If you've been getting value out of this episode and you want more episodes like this, I want you to smash the like button, hit subscribe, and then hit the bell so that you get post notifications every single time we drop more of this exclusive content. If you're an entrepreneur that wants to take their game to the next level, then this show is absolutely for you. And the best part is completely free. And anyone that subscribes today, we're going to be giving out a hundred thousand. No, no, we're not. No, we're not. But still subscribe. It's free. That is the beginning of the magic to success, right? Yeah. So I took those things that my parents did. I also took an inventory of what they did that I didn't like. I didn't think was healthy, was productive. Uh, and I discarded that part of it. Okay. So uh, I work very, very hard. I enter an industry as most people in the real estate business as a sales agent. Within a year, I had my own company. Okay. Within a year, within 24 months, I had turned a company from 12 agents to 150 agents. I've, I'm very laser focused. I, I don't want to hear about a thousand different projects. I focus mm. on the projects that I focus in. As I did in the real estate business, I focused, focused on a niche. I focused on the market. I studied the market. I worked that market very, very hard. Back then, there was no social media. There was not a lot of the technology that we're very fortunate to have today. 
so there, a lot of it was a lot of man hours, a lot of, you, you, you know, a, a lot of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual work. And, uh, and I did that. And I, we went building a company within a 24 to 48 uh, month uh, to selling over a thousand units a year. Okay, over $80 million in gross sales. That's a lot of money back in the 80s and back in the early 90s. Yeah. Okay. So a lot we're of money a, now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're a very we were a pioneer in the affordable housing industry. Now, let's face it, we caught a lot of great breaks. They're not lugs, but there were breaks. There was a lot of factors that fell into place. You know, under the Reagan administration, we were fortunate enough uh, to be able to have somebody that uh, that uh, passed the amnesty law, where mm -hmm. the amnesty law allowed many uh, illegal immigrants to become naturalized citizens by the process of being here a certain period of time. So that became a big market that we specialize in. Again, focusing on the niche, focusing on a certain thing, not trying to sell 10 different items at one time. You know, mm -hmm. Focus on the Hispanic market, focus on providing service, focus on providing financing, focus on providing first-time uh, first homebuyers programs, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And and we're very focused on that business. So, uh, you know, long story, uh, long story short, there was a, I, I achieved a tremendous amount of success, but not with a lot of complexity. You know, I still had a lot of, you know, I still had what I call the survival mindset. I still thought like that 10-year-old, broken, broken immigrant little, little boys that was abused and lived in poverty. And no matter what he accomplished, he was not good enough. So I had to numb a lot of those feelings through alcohol and, you know, and, 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 and overspending and mismanagement of resources and relationships. So that was a growing process for me. It was not all uh, mm -hmm. a bed of roses for lack, for lack of a better word. I had to go through an emotional and spiritual growth period in order to be able to accomplish the things that I have accomplished today. Well, like you said, I mean, having money doesn't fix all your problems. Sometimes it makes Absolutely. your problems bigger. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, okay. So to recap, like you said, laser focused, I heard that as a, as a theme, like once you found something that worked, you were laser focused on your niche, like you were relentless. Right. And then you took the two things that you learned in the household, right? The faith from your mother and the hard work from your father. And you know what? It's so interesting because a lot of people have one, but not the other. Absolutely. And so you can have a whole bunch of faith, but if you don't put in the hard work, we were talking about this yesterday at yeah. dinner. It's like, God has better things to do. Like God has a lot of problems <laughs> and our little minute little problems are not one of them. Yeah. So, so you have to have that faith and believing in something and something bigger. Right. But then you have to put in the hard work. Right. And if you just have the hard work, but you're not thinking big enough, well, then that's going to limit you uh, as well. So it's like those were kind of the three keys to your success, the hard work, the faith, and then the laser focus, just sticking with it, not having that entrepreneur ADD. Uh, absolutely. Not. And I think also, you know, we call it pivoted, right? I call it resourcefulness, right? Where you see a problem and instead of focusing on the problem is we already know there's a problem. Let's mm -hmm. focus on the solution. Let's focus on how do we get out of this mess? How do we pivot? How do we transition from this process? Never looked at it. One thing that 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 I learned from my parents, regardless of having thirteen children, regardless of living in a nine hundred square foot uh, nine hundred square feet home, you know, where we're cramped up in two bedrooms, regardless of all of that, my parents always had a good attitude. Mm -hmm. They were just happy, joyous people, you know, and that has a lot to do with how much you can accomplish in life because you can either look at a at a glass half empty or half full, right? Depending who's pouring the water, right? <laughs> so, uh, and, and what attitude you pour in the water with. So I learned from my parents to keep a good attitude, 
to focus on 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 uh, you know on on not looking at things as a problem rather a challenge. How do I overcome it? How do I become better at it? What how how is that going to make me grow? And I became I became a studious. I become I became a student of learning. I became a student of modeling people that were doing better than me. And I still do that. I look for people that are smarter than me. I look for people that are doing things that are edgy, that are different, that are challenging, that are daring. And I I stick to those people. I'm attracted to those kind of people. And those that's where I hit my that's where I, I hang my hat on. You know, those are the people that I bet on. Those are the people that that I want to join their missions. I want to join their passions. I want to be part of their movements. I love that. What's what's one lesson about money that you wish that you knew sooner? I guess the biggest lesson about money that I wish I would knew sooner was that um, that uh, that we all need financial literacy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much money you you, you need to have. Uh, well, and, almost the more money, the more literacy you need. Right? The more yeah. literacy that you need. You know, I and 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 I think the biggest thing that I that I realized very early on is okay. So you have a lot of money. But if you don't have the right, the right team around you, the right CPA, the right accounting, the right lawyers, the right tax lawyers that can guide you through it, the, the instruments that you need to accumulate generational wealth, just as quickly as you make it, you can lose it or you can spend it. So that's probably the biggest lesson for me, you know, because very early on, I wanted what, what a lot of <coughs> young, uh, broke, broken kids wanted you know i wanted the mercedes i wanted the porch i wanted the ferrari i wanted the the pinstripe soups i wanted the <laughs> nice shoes yeah. the gucci belts i wanted all that junk yeah. okay that at the end of the day depreciates the minute that you buy it okay so early on i accumulated all these material positions that within a very short period of time were worthless worthless yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it took me a while to become disciplined, to be able to understand strategies for uh, financial freedom, okay, for uh, wealth creation, and more importantly, for generational wealth, because I don't want my children, my grandchildren to go through this. Well, they say statistically, a lot of these luxury brands, their consumer is actually not people with money. It's Absolutely. people that want to appear like they have money. And that's why they actually saw a huge uptick during the pandemic because people were taking their stimulus checks and going to the Gucci store. Oh yeah, you would see lines <laughs> of people, lines of people at Gucci, you would walk right by them. I'd say this with a lot of love and respect and of you course. could tell yeah. that there was no money behind that. It yeah. was an impulse purchase, yeah. right? So I think a lot of people, many of us, and I was one of those people at some point, okay? We make a lot of impulse purchases or decisions because we want to uh, feel better about who we are, where mm -hmm. we come from, or where we are at that state of mind at that particular period of our time. Well, yeah. And you see it all the time with like actors, celebrities, rappers, they get all this money and then they end up going broke, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you know I truly believe, and it's just something I live by, Tony. It took me a long time to understand it, but I understood it the minute that I was at a breaking point in my life. I lost my mother. I lost my father. 2008, the economic crisis, I was losing a lot of assets. My wife asked me for a divorce. So I literally almost found myself in the same position I started, broken, broken. Mm -hmm. The only difference was that I was not 10 years old anymore. And I was no longer a, a, a Mexican little boy that had migrated to the United States. I was a grown man and now a father. And I had a son at home that I had become his primary care, caretaker, right? So for the very first time in my life, I realized, okay, so I've been able to achieve this massive amount of financial success. 
I'm a I'm at the brink of losing a lot of it if I don't make some right decisions. Okay, but at the same time, I have not worked in the other areas of my life. Okay, I believe that every single one of us operate from a five pillar system, which is a physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, or the financial. And when we are able to take care of those, all of them simultaneously, we are able to exit what I call the state of survival. When you exit the state of survival, you become present and available. You become here in the now, and you're able to see your life with clarity and possibilities. You're now operating from a state of flow, which is something that I have learned to do since. Okay, And it doesn't matter what challenge I'm in. My life has clarity and has possibilities. So I'm able to go through it, Okay, not to it. Okay, I'm able to go through it. I'm able to operate with clarity. I'm able to operate with possibilities. I'm able to see a challenge as an opportunity for me to grow and to learn from. Yeah, and that's like the keys to like unlocking the good life. It's so crazy. We joined, uh, Tony Robbins has this mastermind called the, the Platinum Program, right? So we joined this Platinum Program. It's like close to 100 grand to get into this program. And so you're networking with, like crazy individuals, right? We're like the youngest people in it, right? <laughs> Me and my yeah. wife. And I just remember when we first joined the group, I went to lunch with uh, a lot of people and so spent like some one-on-one -on -one time with different individuals and and then networking at these parties and different events and stuff. And I went to lunch with uh, a guy uh, from the program and I remember just feeling like like an asshole. Like just feeling like I was just so aggressive in just my aura in compared to this guy who was so calm. And, you know, I asked him, I was like, how are you so like, how are you so calm? How are you so centered? You know, and he was telling me about his, his morning routines, right? He wakes up with his wife, they meditate together and, uh, you know, how he forgives people really fast, right? Um, and then one of the things that he said that kind of hit me, he was like, you know, the one thing that he had learned from making uh, a lot of money in business was that there's levels to the game. And he was talking to a friend of his and talking about Malibu uh, beachfront property, right? And the guy turns to him and said, yeah, I could never buy uh, a beachfront property in Malibu. There's nowhere to park my jet. <laughs> and he was like, that's not even in my house shopping right, right, uh, calculation, right? right? Um, so, you know, realizing that there's always another level, right? And still being okay with that, right? Because like you said, you feel like wealth and success and notoriety, like it's a destination. Right. But it's not a destination. It's a journey. It's a journey. Um, and after you, I think the, the threshold is 75000 probably now with inflation, it's probably 100000 where after you're making approximately six figures, your quality of life doesn't change and your happiness doesn't change. Right. So we think if we make more money, we'll be happier uh, when in reality, there's other areas of your life. Like you said, you know, finance is one, but there's four other areas that you have to dive into yes. to, to really succeed and, and get to the good life. I, I, absolutely. You know, and I think one area that is much, much uh, very, very important because the quality of life after you reach a certain level of financial success, whatever that may be, 150,000, 200,000, 75,000, whatever it is, your basic needs are still the same. Eat, shower, sleep, right? Yeah. The things that, that motivate us differently is our purpose, our missions, our passions. Those are our real drivers, you know, and, it, and, and, and the more connected you are to your community, to your purpose, to your mission, to your passion, to your why, 
the happier you become and the better you're able to adopt yourself, much like your friend that you're describing. I have a, you know, something that started as an action that became a habit, that became a ritual, that eventually turned into a lifestyle. And they're what I call non-negotiable. They're non-negotiable because they're part of my daily being. Get up in the morning on my way down to, had early meetings today. I'm here to visit with you. So work, right? yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I still had very early meetings because I like being productive. Yeah. I like, it's part of my purpose. It's part of, you know, what I like to do, right? So on my way to, to the meeting, yeah, I was fortunate enough to have a driver. The driver was driving. I was in the back seat. And I was meditating, right? Because I had to get up a little bit earlier, so I didn't have that gap time to be able to do it before I left my room, right? But I did it on the way to my meeting, okay? I journal on the way to my meeting, okay? I wrote my gratitude list last night before I went to bed, okay? Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I exercise. I'm traveling today. I didn't have time to go to, for a run, but I did my push-ups in the room before I left the room. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are certain things that I do. My my schedule changes a little bit while I'm traveling, but my disciplines, tending to the mental, tending to the physical, tending to the emotional, tending to the spiritual, and tending to the financial, those are everyday, 24-7, okay? And taking a self-inventory throughout the day to make sure that I'm right with myself, I'm right with my family, I'm right with God and I'm right with my community. And when I know that I'm doing the next right thing, I'm a much happier person and people around me are much happier as well. I love that. So, so Peter, so let's, let's change gears and let's, let's dive into AI and chat GPT and all these emerging technologies. We we were texting kind of what led to this conversation. We were texting um, a couple of weeks back uh, when all this uh, stuff first hit the news and hit the media and was going viral. Right. What do you what do you think about chat GPT and AI, all these technologies? Like, do you think we're on the brink of the world ending, right? And everybody being out of a job, or or do you think this is a past path to prosperity? What what's your insights? You know what? I love technology. I love social media. I love science. Okay. I love innovation. I love creativity. And I love productivity. And when it comes to the world of technology and, and AI, I love it because it gives each and every single one of us an opportunity, okay, to expand on our creativity and on our productivity, okay? So for me, is being able to give both menial tasks to AI to take care of them for me, as well as critical thinking tasks that I don't have the time to be able to do 18 hours of research, Okay, so I'm able to ask ChatGPT, in this case, Bart, uh, Google just came out with Bart today, which is also a competitor, competitor, right? So I am able to be able to task uh, an artificial intelligence to do work for me that I would have had to either spend hours doing, okay, or have to contract out, okay, to an expert in the field. Okay. And that I could, think that could take weeks and it months. It could take weeks, months and yeah. be very, very costly, very, yeah. in a, a very cost prohibitive. And you might not do it. And I may not be able to do it. Yeah. Right. Period. Period. So I think a lot of dreams, okay, would, would die because of that. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think AI is giving us a leg up to be more productive, to be more creative, to be able also as human beings to do something that we have not been doing for a long time. And that is critical thinking. Right. I look at myself and I look at my brain, my mind, whatever you want to call it, as a computer. Every so often I have to delete. Okay. I have to download and then I have to upload with new information. 
Okay. And how do I all up with new information? I want to be around younger, smarter, more critical thinking people than me. Okay. And mentors that are going to empower me. And I want to be able to, to sit down and have dinner with you. Okay. Yeah. Like we did last night and just kind of sucked into what you're thinking and what your life is like, because you're someone I love and respect and admire. Right. So mm -hmm. I want to know what is it that got you to the point where you are, because I don't look at the world. Like there's to me, there's not, there's not different levels. Success mm -hmm. is success is success. Okay. So, you know, uh, and, and success is not exactly equated to, 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 to financial resources, right? Because not everybody has the same needs. Not everybody wants a hundred million dollars. Not everybody wants to be a billionaire. Some people just want to have financial stability. Okay. Financial freedom. Okay. And that's, and the rest of it is a number. Okay. How much is your financial freedom worth? Is it worth a hundred thousand a year? Is it worth $10 million? So, to your point and going back to, to circling back around to AI and technology, I have tremendous appreciation and respect for technology and for scientists and, if, and for engineers. I think it's something that is needed, okay? But I also have a major concern. And primarily when it comes to the black and brown communities, more, pro, more, more, more importantly to the Hispanic community. And I say that because unfortunately, my parents have, my father had a third grade education. My mom had a sixth grade education. So I didn't come from lawyers, doctors, yeah. scientists, mathematicians, engineers. Okay. <laughs> I didn't come from brilliant people. They were brilliant in other areas of their lives, but they were not intelligent people. Okay. So with that in mind, most people that look like me come from very similar backgrounds, right? Mm -hmm. We're the, we're the 99%. We're not even the 80% or the 80, 20 rule, right? Mm -hmm. No, we're the 99%. Immigrants are usually come from parents that don't have an educational pedigree, right? So what does that mean? That means that we need to also to continue to learn. We need to also continue to take these tools and not be afraid of them, but use them as resources to help us expand our minds, our thinking, our critical thinking. Okay, to learn and to challenge ourselves. One of the things that we're not doing is we're not challenging ourselves enough. Kids mm -hmm. today are not challenging themselves enough because most of them were born with technology, but they think of it as a toy. Okay, yeah. they don't think of they it, think as, of it a, as entertainment. Yeah. yeah, they don't think of it as an instrument to 10x or expon uh, exponentially grow their life. Okay, you know we're we talking about schools in Colombia that are that that are that are very early started real pioneers on being able to to educate children in the different way how to use these tools and resources including social media well that's what we need the world is different the world is competitive okay and you you can have kids out there that are 14 years old 15 years old eight years old that are making the same amount of money they have the same level of intelligence that a ceo of fortune 500 company okay and that shouldn't be scary that should wake us up and say how can i accomplish that how can I use social media instead of to be on TikTok looking at funny videos? Consuming. Cons right. Yeah. How do how do I if I'm gonna consume, how do I consume something that is educational, something that I can learn from? Yeah. I use ChatGPT on a daily basis. I write a lot of content for ChatGPT. I do a lot of research on the Latino community of a ChatGPT. And it's and and and, and it's, it's an incredible tool. It's an incredible tool, but I also realize that there's something that technology cannot ever take away from us. Okay. And that is the human connection. 
okay? That is the feelings and emotions. Those things cannot, transparency cannot be uh, copy and paste. Transparency cannot be filtered. Authenticity cannot be copy and paste, and it cannot be uh, uh, filtered, okay? You can't Photoshop that stuff. You know, emotions, love, compassion, those things cannot be copy and paste. Those are, either you have them or you have them. And these tools, these resources, if you combine them with being a productive, okay, creative, compassionate, good, well-intended individual, there's a lot of things that you can do in this world. Well, it reminds me a lot of like when the internet first came out there, there's a quote from uh, Bill Gates, the, the founder of Microsoft, right? I won't take medical advice from Bill Gates, but I'll, I'll take some <laughs> financial business advice from him. So he said, you know, every business, this was in the 90s when the computers were first coming out. He was like, every business will become an online business or they will be out of business, yes. right? And I feel like we're at a precipice now with AI. It's like every business is either going to have AI integrated into them or they're going to be out of business because it's not because you need AI. It's because your competitors are going to start using it. And then if you don't start using it, then you're just going to fall behind because they're going to have this huge, huge advantage. Right. And, and I feel the same way about employees too, right? This is also a superpower for an employee. Absolutely. You can be the employee who's the chat GPT queen in the office who is super productive 10 times 100 times more productive than your peers and then that's going to give you the ultimate job security when they're looking to cut people it's like we're not going to cut the chat gpt queen we need her because she's uh, she's killing it right absolutely you, you, you know i think i think what we 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 forget is that a lot of the tools and resources technology ai <coughs> whatever you want to call it a lot of it we we're we're we're, we're going through the technological revolution right just like we went through through the industrial revolution, industrial revolution. now we're like in the information age, right right yeah. so 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 what happens with this i think that if we look at this as an opportunity that yeah some jobs are going to be um uh automated right some some jobs are going to be eliminated for human for human to come in but there's also a huge amount of opportunity somebody's writing that code for 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 uh for artificial intelligence, right? Somebody's creating, there's other opportunities that are born out of, uh, out of when something is eliminated, right? We don't need, you know, my parents, I was a crop picker as a young boy. We went and picked apples and we went and picked oranges. Well, there's machinery that can do that. They don't need 12 Mexicans on the field doing that <laughs> when a machine can come in and replace 1500 people. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and those, 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 12 people or 15 people can go out there and, and create other opportunities. Do something better. Better for themselves. Yeah. Okay. Instead of picking apples. Okay. Because believe me, as individuals, we have the world's largest, brightest computers right here if we know how to use it. Yeah. Absolutely. So we have, like you mentioned earlier, we have Google who just came out with an a AI chat tool. Uh, Microsoft is heavily invested into ChatGPT, right? And they're integrating into Bing, right? So it's almost like we're at this AI information like arms race. Um, and then we also have like China and Russia getting sure. very aggressive against the US, right? How do you feel these technologies are going to be used on a global scale, maybe a military scale? You, you know, do you have any concerns about their regulation or their control and and maybe the the dangers of of misusing them well i i, 
I, I think we're at all high level of danger when it comes to any kind of world dispute. If we were to really get into a nitty-gritty war with China or Russia, for that matter, right? Well, because the other thing, <coughs> you know, ChatGPT aside, we also have seen in the last two or three years the deep fakes, right, where they can replicate a president. It just went viral exactly. recently. They have Biden declaring nuclear war. It's a video. Looks like him. Sounds like him. It's not him. Right. Right. And and this is now consumer grade technology that anybody can can go out there and create these crazy videos that that look super real, right? So it's not only the chat component. There's also videos that look real, art that's uh, getting created, uh, audios that look real. You can actually train your voice. They could take the audio from this podcast, you train it into an AI tool, and then I can write a script and it'll make me say things that I never said. I, I, absolutely. So I think there's some real dangers there, uh, Tony. Uh, am I concerned? Uh, of course, I'm concerned just like I was about COVID, okay? But I realize that there are certain things that I cannot do anything about, Yeah. okay? And uh, I try to focus on the things that I have an input on, something that I can do something about. And I have to be able to rely on what mother taught me uh, through those periods. You know, I got to have faith in the system, okay? But at the same time, not be so blinded by the system that I am not proactive into taking actions to empower my community, which is exactly how I dedicate uh, part of my, my resources and my time too, to make sure that I can do my part to educate, okay? Uh, inspire, educate, transform, and empower the community so they are better informed, but they're informed not with a plethora of information that is useless to them, but with tools and resources that are really going to impact their life, is going to better their life, and hopefully make us a great nation. Uh, and, and that's something that, that to me is a lot more concerning about uh, rather than than the impact that AI may have uh, worldwide as far as, as as a threat, right? Because it's coming whether you and I like it or not. Yeah. Okay. It's coming. It's here. It's been around for a long time. Okay. I think that that what has happened uh, as of as a result of uh, of COVID, okay, the great disruptor, as I call it, uh, a lot of things that that have been held back have been just flushed out. Yeah. Pushed to the forefront. They have been released. Well, COVID okay. for me felt like a big, I told you so. It was like all the things, it's like work from home. Everybody works from home. Everybody needs to be working from home. And it was like, what? You're crazy. And now like that's the yeah, new norm. It's norm. You know, online, everything should be online. Education should be online. College yeah. should be online. And now that's the new norm. Yeah. You know? So that to me, that was more scary. The way COVID was. Uh, it's like came, an accelerant. I, yeah, yeah. It, 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 that was more scary than anything else. But at the same time, it has awakened a lot of us as individuals. It made us more free thinkers. Okay, mm. it gave us an op. It gave us permission to become who we are and to truly explore our possibilities as individuals. Right? We have had more people that have become solopreneurs and entrepreneurs in their short period of time yeah. than we had ever had. We had had more people that have become creatives, uh, innovators. Okay, uh, artists. Okay, more people, uh, a lot of things that, that had gatekeepers, those gatekeepers have been dismantled, okay? And they have been in a lot of areas of uh, that, 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 that were uh, unique only to a certain group, okay? Have been democratized, demonetized, and digitized, right? Mm. So we can take a telephone and we have the world of access, of, we have access of, uh, to information across the world. We can do anything and everything from us. $999 phone. Okay. And that's, that's yeah. a luxury phone, right? Uh, but you can do just about anything from that phone. $100 phone. Yeah. They got $100 yeah. Androids that yeah. do everything. Yeah. So, so, so 
to me, that's a fascinating part of it. Okay. Uh, and, and the biggest concern to me would be how do we educate those young children that come from parents like my parents, okay, that didn't have the resources, not because they didn't want to do it, but they didn't have the resources or the deallocation or the force or whatever you want to call it to be able to, 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 to help us create a formal education, which would have been obsolete for more practical purposes by now, right? Uh, but how do we empower the younger generation? And I truly believe that I, I, as, as, as a human being, as a person that has occupied space, space and time in this space and time, okay, I have a moral obligation to see that I empower the future generation moving forward. I love that. Yeah. So, Peter, uh, I have one last question. We ask this for everybody that comes on the show, and that is, what does disrupt mean to you? Well, disrupt means to be created, to be artistic, and to not care what the world is doing, but to make sure you're in a mission to pursue your values don't let anything uh, don't let anything disrupt them disrupt the world disrupt the world i love it peter thank, thank you, you so friend. much thank you for having me. hey if you got value from this podcast i want to give you an invitation i want to invite you to join our next masterclass. our master classes go through finance entrepreneurship business and everything you need to take your game to the next level so click the link below or go to disruptmasterclass.com and i'll see you on the inside let me, let me just lay, lay it out like this. There's the lower class, there's the middle class, there's the upper middle class, there's the rich, there's the wealthy, there's the super wealthy, and then it goes to another level.